to the place inside your mind where thoughts divide and mysteries unwind. Join us every Monday evening right here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And you will catch the Fenton Perspective with our great host, Lorian Fenton. Come listen in as she shares her amazing stories from the past to present, along with all of her guest secrets to the future. That's the Fenton Perspective every Monday evening right here from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Revolution Radio. Oh, and uh, you don't need to expect us. We're already here. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. Several years ago, I was developing a very uh, severe situation. I called it my flippy heart. It just was doing not good things. And I did not want to go to a medical doctor because uh, I just knew they would give me a cover-up pill. I didn't want to get onto that sort of thing at all. When I learned it was garlic and cayenne, and cayenne is a healer. It is a wonderful herb. I said, I think I'm on to something here. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be without it. It did wonderful things for me. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Aloha and welcome to Stargate to the Cosmos. And I'm your host, Janet Kerr-Lesson, with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex-Lesson. Our producer is Thomas Becker. And we are broadcasting here live from Revolution Radio. And our guest today is Misha Johnson. And she is a second-generation, lifelong ET experiencer, MyLab and MK Ultra survivor. Uh, she is a certified hypnotherapist. She specializes in trauma recovery ADHD, hypnosis, ET regressions, past life regression. She facilitates virtual support groups for ET experiencers, MyLab and MK Ultra survivors on the Internet through Zoom and in her home in Las Vegas, Nevada. She's been facilitating support groups for over 20 years. She's the organizer of the UFO Group of Las Vegas. She's also the author of two books, Covert Abduction, Military Harassment, Surveillance, Interrogation and Mind Control, and They Weren't Butterflies, A Monarch Survivor Story, which are both available on Amazon.com. And she also has a new book. Oh, she also runs Spectre 5 Tours of Las Vegas, where she and Ranger Jay Snow have nightly tours in the Las Vegas Valley where they uh, vector in 
chips, never meditation, and they provide information about the planetary star systems. And it's a wonderful event. I've been to it. It's awesome. Oh, the latest book is Galactic Genealogy, Planetary Origins. It's a companion book to Starseed Galactic Genealogy chart that Misha has. Wonderful information here on the website for her, for AquarianRadio.com. Take a look. I have all these pictures and and her books and information on all that stuff. Dr. Sasha Alec Lesson, are you there? Yes, uh, yes, I am. And yeah, I, uh, Misha, I've been thinking uh, about you a lot because uh, lately, of course, uh, the elites, uh, Bohemian Grove type uh, operations, hypnotizing, drugging, kidnapping uh, 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 people as party favors at their rights, and uh, has been very much on on my mind. And I know that you're 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 out there to help people that are, that are victims, and so. Uh, 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 that's what's been very much in the news. If you could just at least tell tell people what kind of thing it is and uh, and and what can be done about it, it would be useful. Okay. Well, hi, and thank you for having me on the show today, or tonight, actually, for you in the East Coast. Um, uh huh. Yes. Well, uh, where to begin? Okay. So, uh, of course, the reason I uh, have all of these. Um, Modalities such as the hypnotherapy and the different things like that is to assist people who are um, going through what I went through. And at the time I was going through it, I had no one. All I had to rely on was some therapists that I was talking to, and they was understanding any of it at all. So um, I was feeling pretty sad and alone and crazy. So I wanted to make places for people to come and and share their experience so that they weren't a lot alone, you know. Um, this is a very, it's, in fact, more and more people are actually coming up with their memories. More and more. It, it isn't a week goes by. It's probably like, but really isn't a day go by, but, um, that I don't have one or two people come into the group are now remembering some of this horrific, um, Let's call it the umbrella. It says the umbrella is is um, where all of the the mind control and the MK Ultra and all of that comes in, and then there's so many projects under that. So Monarch, Montauk, um, you know, those are uh, secret space programs, Super Soldier. All of these are within that and under that umbrella. Right, and and every day I get somebody too, so I know. Um, you know, I'm exposed. I'm, um, yeah, I'm focused on the experience, experiencer aspect that I get the super soldiers and the MK Ultra. So, um, we have a practice where we work with people and we don't have to advertise. It's just out there. People are coming every day. Mm-hmm. And I know you're getting them too. Yes. It's just amazing. It is. And it's because I think the programming starts breaking down at a certain age and maybe it also breaks down because I believe the consciousness is coming into this planet. The the veils are, are thinning, and I believe that has a lot to do with what people are, how, you know, how many people are coming up and remembering and awakening to what happened to them. Yeah. And the, the, really the enormous, the absolute enormousness of the crimes against humanity that have been perpetrated on innocent people is overwhelming. 
thing, but we got to face it. Yes, that's very true. We do. Uh, it appears, though, that something's happening because for them to uh, arrest Epstein is a absolute huge. That's wonderful. Epstein is one of the uh, culprits who he didn't start it; he just continued it. But he of uh, these um, tell uh, this pedophilia rings that travel and in big fancy planes and you know to carry children. And uh, young women, young, actually teenagers, uh, you know, around right. for this pedophilia. But I, but they're only talking about the the uh, teenagers, but it's also children, guaranteed. Right, and it's also young. It's also you know young women that are they typically uh, end their their career as a party party favorite when they're about thirty. So when it, I right. I read the uh, transformation of. America. Who was that by? I know it was Arizona Wilder. And what's the other uh, lady? Transformation was, was uh, let me tell you in a minute, because she wrote a second book. Kathy O'Brien, uh, was that? Kathy O'Brien. I'd like yeah, to read the second book. Yeah. yeah. And it was fascinating, although it was a very hard read. I have not been about, able to get through it. <laughs> oh, you haven't? Not the first one? It's uh, hard. Transformation I mean, American. No. Uh, yeah, I, I would get to the, I couldn't even get through the first um chapter by by far i just was too much i had every trigger come on to me and so it's a it's a hard book her other book is ptsd time to heal and it helps you deprogram uh with you know the ptsd and such so it's a good book too but, right yeah well with her her uh, transformation talked about this ritual abuse of young women to fracture them into altars so mm-hmm. they can become sex slaves and they, they were uh, as a, an information system. So they would mm-hmm. transmit uh, messages by the couriers. sex slaves, the couriers, yeah. and, uh-huh. and then they used them, of course, at Bohemian Grove and they used them at parties. And yeah. so, uh, but the, what was implicated was the, the presidential uh, leaders, uh, Cheney and and Reagan and uh, Nixon and all these people, like all the presidents and all the presidents' men's are <laughs> are in these parties, and it's uh, kind of like the the stories we hear how the priests and the especially the um, popes they all have to kill babies in order to be part of the club. Well, right. these uh, apparently all the presidents' men and it's all it's both sides, uh-huh. both sides. Yeah, it's, both sides. It's the wealthy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of a, a, a certain party, but all sides. In order to get, get into that uh, political system to be a competitor, you have to do some pretty uh, heinous, horrible things. And so that's what's shocking about Epstein being arrested, because what's happened that this, I mean, I don't think that this would be out of the bag if it wasn't, you know, somebody wanted it out. Somebody exactly at the puppet master level wants this information out, wants to take down Epstein, wants to take down probably Trump and Clinton. They show them together going to the parties. So yeah, they probably want to take these parties. Well, hopefully it's the ones uh, with the white hats that want to change everything and, and hopefully they take every single one of them and Hollywood and movies and music. It's going to be, it's going to be a huge thing if, if hopefully, um, Epstein stays alive. Oh, you talk. think somebody might take him out? Well, 
Oh, Clinton, Clinton has have a long list of people that they've taken out. <laughs> so, yeah, I do think so. Well, I, I think that there are a lot of people that would want to take Epstein out because he's going to implicate the top. Oh, so many. The, the top yes, of, including Trump. So we yes, won't know who is. actually takes him out if he gets taken out. But, uh, but, but what I'm saying is, why did he get, why did he get caught in the first place? Something's changed. Yes, yes. At the top level, that they're Trump will pardon, Trump will pardon him. Trump will pardon no him. Pardon, if there's no pardoning for people who do that. No. That's not something you can pardon somebody for. Yeah. I you think know, that falls I think it's, yeah. it's the whole consciousness. Like I said, I think there, it's a good thing. Um, that it's being brought out and it's, it's got to, you've got to clear all this crap out before we can actually have disclosure because then it take, if, if it could happen and which would be wonderful, it could take down the whole umbrella group yeah. <laughs> and all yeah. of and bring, you know, and so I don't know. It's, it's a big if. <laughs> well, I so. think some of this, uh, Misha has been your work. Because you've been holding space on this aspect of the work for, what, 30, yes. 40 years. And yeah. so we had the, um, you know, the Arizona Wilders and the Kathy O'Briens and the Misha Johnsons and other people brave enough to say this stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, that's a form of disclosure. Now it's in mainstream news, right? It used to yes. be just in all the conspiracy stuff. And it's like, oh, that Misha, she's just, that's just a conspiracy. But now it's like you've arrived, Misha. This is in mainstream news. So maybe uh, let's give our listeners a little backstory about your life and what's behind your books. If you want to take about sure. 15 minutes and tell us uh, what's going okay. on, what happened there. Okay. Well, um, I was born into an MK Ultra family. Uh, my father, my more than likely true, my mother too, but my definitely my father was MK, uh, mind controlled. Um, he had been from his childhood and, um, my mother actually more than anything was probably one of the ones that was kind of put to sleep and didn't really realize what, not really to sleep, but, um, empathically put to sleep mm-hmm. she she didn't she didn't know uh but my father was my handler and he um did the things that he did because he was programmed to do them and they had done to him and and the torture to him and he in turn turned it on me um and in fact one time he said uh, i'm sorry that i have to do this to you uh, and at that time, he was causing me extreme pain. And he said, but you have to learn how to leave because you're going to endure much more pain than this. So that is, so of course, who, who splitting is, the um, altars, splitting the uh, the conscious. So who's behind that with your research? Who, is, who are the they and what is what does MK Ultra mean? We have some people that probably don't know what this is. So, okay. MK Ultra is uh, my is 
German for mind control, and the paperclip sold, uh, paperclip scientists after the war, after the German war, and supposedly we won the Nazis. The Nazi scientists came over here, and many of them went into NASA, and many of them went into to the uh, the space other parts of the space program, and some of them went into the uh, psychological uh, science uh, aspects, and they started training and teaching uh, methods on mind control. Uh, so. This was also, the Russians had already been doing it, so we felt, uh, I mean, I'm just saying this is why they they say that they did anything with it at all, the CIA says, because they felt that they had to because the Russians were already doing mind control and they had to keep up with them, of course. So, but indeed, they did bring these, um, such as Mengala and, and uh, oh, there's Himmler and there's so many different names that are involved in it. But they taught the psychiatrists in that field, and I'm not saying all psychiatrists, I'm talking like a CIA group or a special group, uh, learned how to do all of the mind control and the torture. And um, they found out that if they torture enough, and they also torture with sexuality, with sexual tortures, and that they also use drugs like uh, scopolamine and ketamine and other drugs like that especially scopolamine it will actually with the torture and they will the personality will split and you must do it with the child because an adult would just go mad and they did do that too they tried it with adults and they would just go mad crazy end up in a psychiatric hospital but they found out if they did it with the children that they would split, the altars would split off and that the children would not go insane. So they started, um, and I, I'd say in the probably the late forties or yeah, late forties, early fifties, cause that started on me in 1952. Um, cause I'm one of the old timers. So, uh, so that they start working with you very young. Um, my first memory is three, but I would imagine it went on earlier than that. And then, of course, I also uh, found out I was uh, taken to a facility, and this was in Idaho. And if you pull up Idaho ritual abuse and uh, Satanism, you'll find a large amount of it going on in this little old state of Idaho. Well, it's not really a little state, but it's, uh, you know, the population is very spread out. Because it Say they get Idaho what? Idaho. 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 Idaho what? Ritual. Idaho is the name of the state. Oh, what? Oh, the ritual. You'll find that it has ritual abuse and satanic overtones and all kinds of things happening within like Blackfoot, Idaho, which is where I was from. Um, okay. Idaho Falls and other places in Idaho. Now, there's other places, too, but. This asylum that I was taken to uh, was very near to my grandmother, who was my father's mother, who has been part of his program. So when I became older, um, they started taking me there to do the more of the trauma-based mind control. And that's where they started doing the electric shock and the hypnosis because so they could take the altars and then make them into whatever they want and form them into whatever they wanted. So many people I work with have these child altars such as I did that 
um, were split because of the trauma. So then as you get older, <clears throat> you go into different projects. And I was actually left alone for quite a few years. Maybe it seemed that I don't have the memory of it anyway, from about uh, 12 to 17. And then at 17, just before my birthday, I was taken again. And this time I was actually physically taken. Well, I was physically taken before, but for it was like periodically. They take you for a, a look. I'm gonna, she's gonna go stay with grandma. So go, she stays with grandma for three days and it's three days of programming, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But, <clears throat> but after this, I, I was at a college. A guy came in and said that, uh, we have a, um, dream, um, project that we'd like to have you guys help us with and you get paid. So I, I'm sure because a part of my programming, it was probably a trigger for me. And I, re all I remember is me going into a, a, a building with just off the campus with people in lab coats and laying down. And that was the end of it. Don't remember anything until eight months. And that's when the first period of time where it came up where I was taught how to be a beta slave and a, a, so you, a beta you slave, had a sex slave. Eight months of missing time, not just yeah. like the, the experiences yeah, they have months. a few hours. You had eight months. Eight months. And how yeah. old were you when that happened? I was just seventeen. I turned eighteen while that eight month period I was missing. Did you <clears> end up graduating high school, or did you miss? No, I that, no, I graduated high school already. That was uh, that was the summer right after graduation, and they oh, didn't I see. let me have too long um, before they they did get me. But what happened was. <clears throat> um, so my parents, I gotta make this really fast. All right. So my parents get a note, uh, get a call from me, who is not me. It's an altar that I'm getting married and here's the information and put out a, an, um, a, uh, an announcement and, uh, uh -huh. that's it. And then another month later, which that was in February. And then in March, when I turned 15, 18, I could actually be married without their consent. See how they work, this. right? Yeah. Uh, then I turned eighteen in March fifteenth. On the nineteenth, I was married, and uh, I, I contacted my. No, I didn't contact my. They received a uh, an announcement. They went to the wedding. I didn't act at all like myself. They thought I was under some drugs, and I couldn't understand. And besides that, as my father and my mother were still in the program in themselves, they didn't think much of it really, other than they hated the husband and and thought the whole thing was rough and there's a lot of detail but I have it in the book. So then he takes me the very next morning and nobody sees me for eight months. They get a call from me when I'm uh eight months later. Uh I'm uh, well I wake up on a bus and I see this name that is not my name, Rose. What name is this? I I don't know whose name this is. And then on the way home I get flashes and I start putting pieces together a little bit. Not a lot, but a little. Then when I get uh, to the bus station, I call my folks. They come and pick me up and said, we haven't heard from you for eight months. So that happened, wow. all right. And then I tried to get back on with my life. And then the very next year, with not, uh, not even a full year, I get uh, a call, which is sounds like a fax machine. And that's the last thing I remember for another eight-month period. And 
this time I was taken again, and this time I was taken to San Francisco. The first time I was Seattle is where I woke up on the bus from Seattle, and the second time I woke up um, in Los, in San Francisco, and that's where the Bohemian Grove and that kind of uh, monster stuff that they do there was there. That's when that happened, and that's when a lot of my really heavy training came in. But um, well, both, it's really hard for me to piece so, it, that, yeah. it, which is which, but I know the programming was in those two years. So did you see them kill done... anybody? Yes. Yeah. Did, you, did you see them kill yes. anybody? Yes. Yes. Can you tell yes. us, can you tell us about that? Well, okay. Um, it's too heavy, we don't have to do it, but. Well, most of the, yeah, they, they were, they were killing, um, they killed some of the kids that were also in the umbrella program that maybe didn't make the grade and they used them as sacrifices. Um, there's one particular time I'll, I'll tell about this one. Uh, one particular time I was in the same white outfits, which is I'd seen before in sacrifices and I figured I was not really there. I was catatonic, of course. Um, but then. Um, I do remember this. Uh, I remember that this guy in a black, uh, there were the humans and then there were sort of a reptilian up on the, on the, uh, a reptilian up on a shelf, not really a shelf, but it was in a cave and there was, um, a ledge and there was a reptilian and then there was a man who I'd in a uniform, which I'd guess was a lieutenant colonel, <clears throat> because that's always the ones I see in correct, in connection to the draconians, not reptilian, but draconians. But at any rate, um, this guy leaned over to me and said, it's a good thing that you were good tonight. Otherwise you'd be there with them as they were being sacrificed. And that's really the only thing I remember about. It. And of course they were sacrificed. And then this is where, it gets really foggy because I also saw children and babies sacrificed, but it flashes back and forth. So it's hard to exactly tell when that happened and where it happened. But I know Seattle was the first place where there were sacrifices. Is there a... Uh, wow. So it's, it's a... Is there a, a lodge? Where do they tend to do these? Like, in well, the first one was in this kind of, I would say, like a big, huge castle, Hume home type place mm-hmm. in Seattle, either in Seattle or Victoria. I hear something about Victoria Island, and I, I think that's somewhere in Canada, so it could have been Canada as well, but I'm not positively sure. But I, I, right. I do remember seeing the big, uh, fancy. Um, house castle looking thing and that we were to take with we were in a bus and <clears throat> we were taken around to the back there were young boys from about 11 to 13 and then there were uh, us young women young young i mean older teenagers and uh, and we were the party favors you know <clears throat> so we were taking up the mm-hmm. back entrance and, and the party tables. There's a whole long detail, which I do go into my book. But at mm-hmm. that party is where I saw Hollywood names, which I don't give names out. I'm sorry. I just don't. Um, but uh, I think that white 
keeps me alive. But at any rate, right. it was Holly, Hollywood, uh, people. Now there has been some people who have already said their names. So I will say Jack Benny and, and Bob Hope, but right. the politicians, I won't say because a couple of them are still alive. Um, and so that's the kind of party it was. There was politicians, Hollywood, music industry, uh, that kind of thing. Right. And we were the party so favors, so were the boys. Right. So they did, they liked both sexes for their party favors. Yeah. In fact, uh, <clears throat> Eyes Wide Shut is yeah. so real, except that they don't use prostitutes. They don't use witting prostitutes. They use unwitting kidnapped kids. And, and teenagers, and teenagers, young people. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Misha, uh, I, I, I imagine you already did this in, in your uh, work, but you know, in essence, what would you like to say to those people that uh, participated in those things? Uh, what is it? Karma's bottom, a bitch. What would you really? <laughs> Karma's a bitch. Karma's a bitch. And it will come back to you, maybe not in this lifetime, but it will come back to you again. And it will come back tenfold. Not at the hands of us, because we've already, you know, we're not going to go that route again. But it will come back to you. So were you actually at Bohemian Grove? Do you have any memories of Bohemian? Absolutely do, and I <clears throat> been working with a, a couple of whistleblowers to get more information about it. And I was actually describing Bohemian Grove in a place under him because Bohemian Grove is huge. It's a huge property, it has a lake and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a huge property, and in the in the um, back area, not really the back. It's really basically more in the middle. There are these. Um, I thought of them as cottages, but actually, I mean, but lay. Uh, uh, Apartment building cottages. I, 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 I couldn't ever quite remember, but I knew that there was something back there. They were like chalets, just let me put it that way. But they had mm-hmm. levels, and this is where they brought certain ones that came for the Bohemian parties would go there for their entertainment. There was also big, big parties, uh, outdoor parties in that area too. There was a couple of big. Uh, it, uh, chalets and, and or apartment chalets, let's call them, for, for lack of a better word. It's just they look like chalets to me. They had a European look to them. And then the boys would be uh, on the other side. And so sometimes during the parties, I could, I'd actually see the boys um, uh, come out and stuff. But otherwise, we could not... We, we could not talk or interact with anybody. And, and in between that, um, cages comes to mind. But I can't remember myself being in cages, but I saw others in cages. So I assume I was in cages too. I just didn't want to look at it. Not that time anyway. So, yeah, so Bohemian Grove is uh, Do they, a really popular um, place. kill people there too in the rituals? I don't remember Are to you tell you the truth. You don't remember. I, okay. Yeah. No. I don't remember the rituals there. I just remember the parties there. Okay. Okay. Well, even under normal tra- trauma, you pro- probably wouldn't remember, but they also uh, block the memory. So, mm-hmm. Misha, uh, did, did you have any friends uh, that had uh, gone through um, experiences with you that, that 
that you recognize each other and are helping each other at people that you uh, well, that you contacted. Well, I have been searching for people. I found one guy that we were in the same place at the same time, but we did not see each other. He was a Montauk boy. And then uh, in the Secret Space program, I had two people who we, we, we uh, recognized each other. Oh. I, yeah, actually, they recognized me first, and I fought it for a long time because I just didn't believe that I could be I, – I felt I was too old that I had to have been in the first group. Uh, and, and that they didn't do the secret space program, but they did do the secret space program a lot, a lot earlier yeah. than we had thought. So yeah. that, that came up. Um, and up there, I, I, it was actually a two times, well, three times actually. The first time was very young at 11. And then this, and, um, but I don't want to go into that yet until I get back to. You know, the other questions that you're asking me, we can go to that later. But um, but then I'm not sure if it, the eight-month period had any of that time. It could have. I don't know. I really can't tell you for sure. Because I know up there I was um, there off and on from 11 years old to um, and then met, remembering at 23 again and then went on for I don't know how long after that. But you had any more questions about uh, the Montauk and the Monarch thing first, and then we... Because well, this no, is but the kind just of tying this into, into the bigger picture, you know, uh, what a lot of people tell us is that the, that the military or intelligence things, when they kidnap people, they want to know what happened in your interaction with the extraterrestrials? Right. Uh, like they're, they're and they're they're bullying you to say everything that you even thought about, and that right. might help them. Is that is that accurate? Right. This is a different thing. That, that's, that's the my lab. This is like a big. That's the my lab. But this is the part where this is um, the parties and the rituals, like guys like right, that you didn't watch. I couldn't get through that uh, movie. Are so, they the same? Yeah. Is it the same deal or not? That's, that's no, my no, question. No, no. Uh, it's okay. not. It, it's part of the umbrella that all these things are under, but it's different. Uh, the my lab is, um, yeah, that does come later in my life, but that did not come until quite a bit later in my life. The my lab experience. Oh. oh. But it's the next process, and it was after the Secret Space Program, and then it became the My Lab after that. Or it could have been the same time. I'm not positive, sure, to tell you the truth, because that was about '89 when I was having the My Lab experiences, and um, I really only have had two regressions to find out besides what I could put together and I remembered. Um, I've only had two regressions, so I can't really tell you chronologically how things go but i do know that as at, you know at 30 years old you're no more you're no good for the beta programming or uh even the uh alpha programming the alpha the courier or any of that the courier also by the way when you were saying about courier i do remember being on jets and private jets, and I do remember being taken to foreign countries to be a courier for different um, 
dignitary and politicians and things like that, sending back messages back and forth. That's one of the ways they do it. Right. And from the book, it seemed like they they triggered the memories through like a sexual act. They so do. You would, yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, they do. Because um, there's so many different altars that are running. And I this is what I've learned from my work with uh, doing hip, hypnosis and trauma relief on uh, hypnosis on people is that um, they... The sex act has a um, has the has the message in it, right? So they have right. to access that particular altar. Now, the altar that walked up to the door and said, "It's a bright, sunny day," bright, sunny day, and the man said something back, which I don't remember, um, which got me in the door. And then after the the sexual torture thing that he did which is when brings up the message that they're looking for that the courier has. Right. So they have, so within one project or program, not project within one, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, uh, well, one thing you're supposed to go do, you could have two or three altars access through that time. Okay. That's why it's so very hard to remember details because that all that one altar even if you undo uh, uh un, you know I, I've integrated um, Charlene she's one altar but then there's other altars that they have who are connected to that altar and then um, they have secrets too so it's uh, it's really it's really a tangled web uh, right they may have like four main altars and then all these other little altars that they for each part of the uh, piece of the um, the project that they're having somebody do, whether it's courier or whether it's uh, setting up uh, a senator with a sexual deviated act, and mm-hmm. while he's being taped, uh, so that you now have him in the bag, and anything mm-hmm. you want to go through it in Congress is going to go, you know, or the Senate right. is going to go. That's congressmen, senators, it's all of them. I've, I've seen a lot of that. So, but again, that was another altar. So they have these little altars within the, the one altar and then they have the, uh, altar that they've programmed and there's keywords that ac- awakens that altar or accesses that altar, I should say. Right. Yeah. Keywords and actions. I hope that makes sense to people. It- it does. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, the one thing that, that didn't make sense to me was your allusion to sexual torture. That was the first time I heard that. Other people said that, uh, you know, they, that uh, they did a sexual act, but not that it was torture. Um, okay. Well, In this particular one, it was torture because he was terrifying me with a very large knife and um yeah and so he'd run the knife up and down my skin just enough to scratch me and and things like that so i took i felt that as you know a torture so maybe that but to me it's all torture because you didn't ask for it so right against your will and 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 with these sexual they aren't love making they aren't love making 
their beatings, their uh, their chokings, their all these things. Because that's yeah, Kat- those monsters get off on. That's what those monsters right. get off on. Kathy O'Brien, uh, she had like an eight-year-old daughter, and they mm-hmm. called Cheney um, Big Dick or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. and she's there. Oh no, my poor child is going to go in, and, you know, get raped by that. So that's how horrendous it is. Uh, and I don't it know. It is. Like, I guess. And so that's torture. That's definitely not. That's not, right. Nothing loving or kind about it. It's just. No, it's, it's not even great. the sex acts. They don't, it yeah. isn't about the sex. It's about sealing the memory completely at the same time getting their self pleased the way they sick minded right. people like to do. I don't right. like all yeah. people. So <laughs> that's why I say Epstein <laughs> and all of them made their rotten hell. Yeah, <laughs> I keep so, seeing them getting rounded up, and they put them on the the ship for Mars. And they go to a Mars. Bay. Oh, yeah, good. Okay. good. They can be the cannon father. They talk about the diamond. They talk about the um, the the all the um, uh, reptiles that are running loose, like uh, and uh-huh. so they they set them loose on Mars, and they say, "No run." Oh, feedback. Oh, right. Oh. So, well, and, and, and right, and, and Rice says to you know tie tie uh, tails on them in that mm-hmm. in that book that you read yet. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, you know, and they yeah, also can be cannon fodder for the um, other aliens that they fight on Mars. There's these big ten, fourteen foot um, half half. It's not really a mantid, but it's kind of like a mantid, but it's also like an ant and a little bit like a spider. Um, yeah, but, I heard about them. Yeah. They much on you. When I was 11, you know, they dressed us up in uniforms, big groups of us, um, and they dressed us up in uniforms and send us out to look like soldiers. And actually right behind us and above us were the real soldiers. So when those uh, creatures came out and started killing all of us, then the soldiers would come in and, and kill them. So I call us cannon fighters. So let's oh, let them be bait. cannon fighters. Your bait. <laughs> Let's let them be bait. Yes, let's let them be bait. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, yes, that's uh, the bait. Wow. Anyway, that was fun. (laughs) Yeah, because um, with the the children and stuff, they didn't, because they're, they're, you know, eight, seven, well, they're belong, yeah, seven to 14 feet tall. They don't even realize what is an adult and what is a child. And besides that, there's different alien sizes anyway. So... You dress some up like uni- in uniform, and they don't know, so they come out to fight, and that's their method. And this would happen over and over and over and over and over again for a many, many, many years. I can't even remember how long. And then in between that, when people would die or be chopped up or like I had a chunk out of my side, they put us in the juvie tank, which is I found out that the in my regression why they called it the juvie tank and i don't know if anybody else does but they called it where i was the juvie tank which is we're juveniles and it's a rejuvenation tank that puts us back together so we can go out and fight or not really fight but go out and be a another bait a soldier bait for another day so it just wow. happens over and over again and until you finally they finally see your worth in something else so you're trapped in this endless hell, 
And that yeah. that sounds like what Russ Kellett says. Russ Who? Is, Who? Uh, I don't know if you've ever interviewed Russ Kellett, but he's a super soldier and he says Oh no, I you always, know, he's just I always on grab these names Kellett, huh? With Russ Kellett, yeah. He's okay. uh he's a stop sign and he's on a he's on his bike, next thing you know he's fighting and he you know, he'll get killed and they put him in the rejuvenation chamber and they send him back out to war. You can't die. There's no death. There's you no can't death. escape it through death. No. No, you can't. stuck in this endless war. But yours is like another aspect of it because you're female. But that I've never heard that about they dress up the kids so they can be the uh, bait. That was very interesting. Yeah. So, and I mean, but, I don't know. I can't tell you for sure. That particular part came out completely in regression. I didn't have any memories at all before that, except they did have memories dressing up, and I knew I wasn't uh, a, a man. I knew I was a girl, and we, we were in uniforms, and we were running in this underground like cave place, but it was not like any kind of rocks I'd ever seen, and the air was very hard to breathe. I mean, you, you kept losing your breath and panting because the breath, air, air was really thin. So, um, that's the only memory I had and I tried, and so I went in with that memory and this is what I came out with. So, I don't know. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know. I still, you know, it's so hard for me to fathom the whole 20 and back thing and now my brain is trying, not my brain, my conscious mind, I mean my subconscious mind is trying to get me to understand three different situations. So now I just, you know, I don't it's hard to, it's hard to. Are you getting them. more 20 and back people come into your uh, support? Oh, yes. Groups? Yes, yes, wow. very much so. Well, I'm working to document them. If you ever want to, if anybody wants to talk, send them my way because I, I just find it fascinating. I think it's because I've been a part of it as well. So, mm -hmm. and, uh, right. I, this is, the, to me, this is disclosure. We start, the people that are brave enough to come out and, and tell the story, like, I mean, you're being very brave here, Misha, and you've been one of the bravest people I've ever met, you know? <laughs> you've been talking about this for years now and uh, holding Thank space you. with these groups and doing massive healing with all these people, um, writing books, and, and uh, yeah, I was there when you were writing your first book, and now you've got your third book done, so you're doing incredible work here. Well, but, thank you. Um, and I, and I haven't been around for a year. It's only been a year, but, uh, I've been, uh, back here. I stayed, I took 2019 off. I'm not on the road like you are. So mm -hmm. you've been mm -hmm. out there. Um, so you, tell us a little, let's see, where do we want to go next? Continue your story and then we'll, uh, we're going to go, uh, in the break in about 10 minutes here. So okay. go ahead. What, what, what next? All right. Happens? So, all right. So, um, then the next thing was, okay, so then I'm 18 years old. Uh, I've turned 18 during this Seattle time. And then the next time I was uh, just about to tell you how um, I, the following year, I was trying to go on with my life and I answered the phone and it sounded like a fax machine and, the last, and that's the last thing I remember. And next thing is I'm in San Francisco. So that's, oh, that's when the Bohemian Grove is and... Um, that's where I was able to piece together the whole madam. There's a, a particular house that I was in where this madam teaches us how to be the very best at pleasing. 
insects. Um, so that's part of that project. And then, of course, that's where the, um, um, the Aaron being the Aaron, doing the errands, doing the, uh, courier stuff, uh, other kinds of errands, uh, such as like, uh, putting somebody in a place where they're going to be killed. So that kind that, there's some of the things that happened that I really, really still feel responsible for, but I don't know if that was a good person or a bad person, but I just have a strong memory of, uh, being, taking somebody to a place, then I leave them and, uh, and go, you know, with an excuse to go to the powder room or something, and then they get killed. They get killed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hit. Mm-hmm. So, so that type of thing went on. Um, just trying to remember some of the other things. Um, so that's part of why you're doing oh. all this because you're you're you feel guilty on some level, even though even though this is a phenomenon, even though you're mind controlled and you can't not do it, you still feel guilty. So you know, yeah. like Stuart Squardo was a part of all that with the Montauk people and. And uh, yeah. a lot of people, they're, they're part of it, and they couldn't stop it while it was happening, so then they dedicate their lives to, you know, trying to make amends. But, of course, yeah. it was just... Well, yeah, I know, if I may, the, the function the function of, of existential guilt is improvement in your behavior. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that oh, makes sense. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but that's, that, that mind control... That's what you know really gets people because they're they're it's like you're looking you're watching yourself do things but you can't not do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yes, and in fact, I woke up during my wedding and looked at myself in the mirror and was screaming, "Oh my God, no, no, no!" Because I knew what was happening, and uh, so yeah, and, and during the yes, notes, yes. Yeah, during the hypnosis, uh, at time when I, uh, I, when Darlene first came out, the, the altar, so people know who that is, uh, came out, my therapist was saying, so what happened? How come you don't remember your wedding? And she comes in to play and says, well, it's because it's not her wedding, it's my wedding. And she says, well, who are you? And she says, I'm Darlene and it's my wedding. And she's asleep like she's supposed to be. So this is the whole thing that they do. They'll put part of it, part of their sleep. So occasionally we'll wake up and we'll see. And it's like we're in her horror seeing things are happening with no control, no way to control. I mean, you can't, you can't even physically control the body. It's like you're looking at a nightmare that you have no control out of. Right. Wow. So you got me in a, a frustrated mood here today. So I'm probably saying a lot more than I ordinarily would. <laughs> uh, but I'm so frustrated Aww. because my computer just died on me just before the show. And I'm uh, really frustrated. It's it. all perfect in the divine plan because it's coming out and it's supposed to. But, you know, of course, we're, we're just tracking you. So whatever you want to reveal or not reveal, that's up to you. But, yeah, um, but it just seems to be... Pouring out of my mouth today. <laughs> it's perfect. There's, there's, it's perfect. There, there is another world that most of you out there in Radio yeah. Land don't know about. But here's a here's a survivor. 
she's here. She's telling you what's real. So this this is what's really happening. Yeah, it is. It's what's right. really happening under the guise of, uh, you know, they they. I, I I don't know how many other girls that have this happen to them where they end up getting married to somebody they don't even know and taken away for months at a time and the same type of thing. And I, I've been looking. I've been looking for people who have gone through this so far because I am a bit on the older side being born in 1949. And, uh, you know, I, most of the people I run into, including Kathy O'Brien and of course, uh, um, Bryce Taylor and Arizona Wilder are all probably about eight or so, maybe younger than years younger than I am. So you, right. You, what you've experienced and I've experienced is a slightly different than what they've experienced too. So mm-hmm. right. I believe that the people like ourselves in our age group have, they, they, in fact, I'm sure they've hoped with hope that we've all died off so that we won't ever memory. Cause the first, um, let's say, I don't like to use the wave. But anyway, the first group of, of people that were programmed and such into these programs, it was done with extreme torture. It was done with a deprivation, uh, being in boxes, being in rooms, with little box rooms like closet and, and living there as a, as a child and having, um, you know, electric shock. And I'm not, this is uh, having uh, all kinds of imagery put into your head that is like, horrifically awful until you're desensitized um in fact uh, this um san francisco trip started in idaho and supposedly i went to san francisco but it's it's a long story that i found out that we did not and that's in my book too that we did not go to san francisco first we went to new to new to new york and i've been told by whistleblowers that I'm owed money from MIT because of all the things that they were researching with me. Because I am a psychic medium, uh, and I've always been one. And um, as a child, I was um, a medium. I, I talked to, uh, well, mostly ETs, but maybe dad, but I don't remember their dad. I only remember talking to the ETs telepathically and communicating with mm-hmm. them. And, and, and also galactic language. I started doing that very young and was speaking with it the galactic beings and we're talking to very positive galactic beings um so those are kind of things that they were interested in and i interface with the aliens so they were interested in that as well so i believe well, that's, that's the what upside. happened the positive thing is that you become psychic and you're able to yeah. communicate with uh, yeah that's the, the upside oh. of it but that's how, part of what they how did you how did you escape the life in 1989, um, I like just woke up. Okay. As far as I was concerned, I, I had been married for seven years. Really didn't know my, my husband. Did not remember my children's births. Did not remember, um, you there? Uh oh. Oh. She fell off. Okay. Gosh, we'll all, she said I didn't remember, and then she was gone. <laughs> She'll be back. We'll get her back after the break. So, um, 
maybe she has to switch out her computer. So we're coming up on the break in like 30 seconds now. So we will have Misha Johnson back. She's going to tell us more about her incredible life as an MK Ultra mind controlled uh, sex slave and how she got free of it. How she's now doing support groups. She's helping people all over the planet. What would you like to say, Sasha? Uh, that's a great, a great summary. And if we have a little time, Janet is doing some incredible research herself about, uh, it's just, it's so mind blowing. I'm going to let her introduce it. Well, uh, we're coming up on the break. So, um, anyway, I've been, I've been studying the time travelers and especially the, um, uh, the story about Donald Trump and, and John Titor, Teeter. Uh, the first, or the John T. the second we've had on this show many times, but there's a connection between the two of them. So, um, Matt, are we waiting for the music? Is it, is it back online? Is it going to work? Or... Oh, we should hear it. Oh, we should hear it. Okay, we're just waiting for the music. Because I have, uh, 56 before the hour. Normally it's coming on right now. But anyway, I'm, I'll be getting that show for us. Okay, there we go. There's the music back. Okay. So we'll get Misha back during the break and, uh, we'll be back in five minutes. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in five. Imagine if America was a dictatorship. You could let 1% of the people have all the nation's wealth. You could help your rich friends get richer by cutting their taxes and bailing them out when they gamble and lose. You could ignore the needs of the poor for health care and education. Your media would appear free but would secretly be controlled by one person and his family. You could wiretap phones. You could torture foreign prisoners. You could have rigged elections. You could lie about why you go to war. You could fill your prisons with one particular racial group and no one would complain. You could use the media to scare the people into supporting policies that are against their interests. Tune in Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for Liberation Nation with Deacon John, where America comes to hear the truth. I know this is hard for you Americans to imagine, but please try Wexel Politics will be on from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Studio A. Mark Steyer will have guests on that will discuss many important topics, including the state of the world today. However, much of the show will be dedicated to the writings of Edward Albert Meyer. Let me read a short passage from one of his writings. Love is the highest principle of creation, and through it, everything exists in absolute logic. All of nature in its indescribable splendor is nothing but the love of creation, which is expressed visibly. The love of creation is everywhere, because without it, nothing at all would be able to exist. 
Please join Mark on Ohio Exopolitics from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Studio A. no secret that the so-called mainstream media is best described as controlled propaganda. Countless news stories are either totally ignored or spun with half-truths, and because of this, essential facts and vital information are often compromised. Join Dr. Ott every Friday night on Studio B at 10 p.m. Eastern and learn why the story behind the story was nominated for a Peabody Award in its second year of producing Unparalleled Broadcasting Excellence in 1997. That is, if you really care about learning the truth. Transcending time and space, let us take you to the place inside your mind where thoughts divide and mysteries unwind. Join us every Monday evening right here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And you will catch the Fenton Perspective with our great host, Lorian Fenton. Come listen in as she shares her amazing stories from the past to present, along with all of her guest secrets to the future. That's the Fenton Perspective every Monday evening right here from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Revolution Radio. Oh, and uh, you don't need to expect us. We're already here. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. Several years ago, I was developing a very uh, severe situation. I called it my flippy heart. It just was doing not good things. And I did not want to go to a medical doctor because uh, I just knew they would give me a cover-up pill. I didn't want to get onto that sort of thing at all. When I learned it was garlic and cayenne, and cayenne is a healer. It is a wonderful herb. I said, I think I'm on to something here. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be without it. It did wonderful things for me. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with the opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Uh, Janet, you're on mute if you're back. 
Aloha. Oh, Welcome back. Hi. Welcome back to Stargate. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm Theta Carolesson. That was Dr. Sasha Ali Clisson, and you're on uh, this is Stargate to Cosmos on Revolution Radio with our producer, Thomas Becker. Let's see, Theta Carolesson, Sasha Ali Clisson, Thomas Becker, Misha Johnson is our host, and we're on guest. Revolution Radio. I'm a guest. B. Now you're a guest, but you're, you are <laughs> you're the host. host of the show, but you're <laughs> I'm the host, she's the guest, I don't know who I am. (laughs) I'm over here and my house is so hot. You know, we had three fires in Maui the last few days. Global, whatever this crap is, warming, cooling, is happening. Uh, We were just looking at the fires yesterday. Okay, so I'm going to go to commercial before we go back to the show. So please, everybody, remember that we are listener-supported. We need you to go over to the donation button on Radio and make your donation because that keeps us on the air, pays all the bills. A mad painter, how are things going with the fundraising? Uh, we still need $970. We haven't received a donation in like four days. Please, people, oh, kick in up a couple of bucks. Yeah, just uh, skip a, a cup of coffee today and give it to us. <laughs> okay, Dr. Lesson, are you there? Are you back? Yes, yeah. yes I am. Where we, we, where we left off, we've been interviewing Amisha Johnston, who is in the clutches of a uh, horrendous uh, program of victimization, which turns uh, girls into uh, uh, dead people or uh, couriers or people marking others for uh, death and all kinds of horrible things that are just unthinkable. It's, uh, and, and so the question that we, I, I left with, I was just building up in me too. By the end of the show was, well, how did you escape from this? Uh, and that's what we're asking you now. How did you get out of this? What happened? Okay. So there's a little bit that happened in between that. I woke up in 1989. Uh, I mean, just woke up. It was like I'd never been born before. I didn't remember, really, I'd been married since 82, so I didn't, I really didn't know my husband. I, my children, I hadn't, didn't know their, um, I didn't remember their births. I didn't remember their talking, their first words. I didn't remember anything. And I, we, we moved from, uh, Utah, which is another bad spot, but where I was abducted, uh, from the, the second time. And then we moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. And I, right across the street were experiencers. And these people started opening me up. It's like the angels sent them to me. And I started awakening and then I went to the therapist and got more, more information. And, um, then, you know, I continued on my path. And in, in 1991, I had the UFO contact center international. Uh, and, uh, I was, uh, the director of it for this area. And then I started the experiencer groups and the group in 91. So my experiencer groups have been gone since 1991. So now fast forward, I'm kind of going on with my life and actually living my life now and, and having a good life. And then, uh, I, I'm divorced, uh, sort of good, but anyway, I'm divorced and then I moved to California. Um, there's a lot happening in between there, but I moved to California and now it's in San Diego and now San Diego is one of the capitals of of the world of CIA and mind control and uh, everything is there. It's a terrible place. So, uh, and the way I moved there is I was 
actually lured there by I thought were three of my friends, but they were turned out to be not. Instead, when I got there soon after that, they tried to set me up to put me in a state hospital. Long story short, but anyway, um, then um, I went ahead and a lot happened there. A lot of my lab experiences happened there uh, continually. It started, the MATLAB started right around 1987-ish or 88, something like that, uh, As I, in retrospect, as I remember. But I really didn't really remember much about it until 1989. Um, and um, so then um, I'm in San Diego now, and it's uh, 1999. And I work with Melinda Leslie, who are going to write a book about this whole thing and my lab experience, and I'm bringing the MK Ultra and the mind control aspect of it. And then a lot of things happen. Um, three automobile accidents in one year, um, you know, uh, countless um, um, people are threatening me and my family and uh, being ran off the road. I put in my car and then just so many countless things happened uh, to try to get to stop doing the book. Um, actually, I'm not going to leave this whole part out because this is really important. So um, Melinda and I, and I think you've had Melinda on here, so you already know about the story. But for those people who don't know, Melinda and I were on um, the Art Bell show just uh, just as he was leaving it. And so we were with, uh, George Siegel, uh, was work, was doing the interviewing at that time. And we were on the, um, the, um, what was it called now? I can't remember. Um, coast to coast? No, it wasn't coast to coast then. It was, um, gosh, I can't remember now what it was A called. A man alone in the desert at night or something. No, no, no. Mm. It was a, yeah, Dreamland. It's called Dreamland. Oh, Dreamland. Okay. Yes. Okay. So we were on Dreamland, and she was staying at my house. And while we were there, uh, my phone went down because I was a talk. I was talking about the Draconians in the underground base, and my phone went down. And then um, I, uh, I'm thinking now about this darn computer going down now. No, never mind. All right, so the phone went down, and uh, so I finally got uh, borrowed a neighbor's phone. And finally got back on, but it was almost over there. So anyway, so after the the interview that night, oh, we went ahead and uh, went to bed. She was staying on my couch and I was in the, in the bedroom. And then the next day we woke up and worked on some um, things. We were going to be speaking at a conference. And so we were working on our speech because we kind of did a tag team speech in those days. And uh, then... Then that night we went to bed and um, when I woke up the next morning, I walked out to the couch and I saw that my coffee table was broken. And I said, Melinda, what happened to my coffee table? And she said, I don't know. I didn't do anything with it. I didn't break it. And I said, well, I'm not saying you did, but I don't know how it broke overnight. And she said, I had no idea. And then she had to go back that day. So she went back home and, um, and I started feeling really creepy. So I got uh, a hold of a hypnotherapist and I did a regression and found out that that night we had had 
um, intruders came and break through the front door, uh, Jimmy the Lock, I guess you'd call it. And um, they were in black uniforms, wearing night vision goggles, and they uh, took both Melinda and I. All I can tell you is what I remember on mine. So they drug me down the stairs, one guy on each side of my condo, and then put me in a van. And then um, she was already in the van and because uh, I felt feet. And then I was like in and out of consciousness the whole way and then woke up to be in front of a um, a light, some kind of a light and sound. And then I went right back to sleep again. That was, she, she collaborated that that was when we went through the fence, uh, the gate of the, the either, either, um, Pendleton base or Miramar in San Diego. Um, and wow. then, and then, uh, when we, the next thing I remember is I'm sitting on a, uh, table and there's this lieutenant colonel i was always a lieutenant colonel that did the uh the uh, screaming and yelling and uh, uh sometimes um he didn't do the torture but he took me to the people who did the torture and the um god what you thinking now my brain's going um interrogation there there's the word Mm-hmm. See, I have a few little blank spots, so I have them all uh, written out on the computer and so, so that I wouldn't forget those words. Right, <laughs> yes, yes. My computer died. Well, this so is traumatic, is too. When you're recounting trauma, you're dealing with your trauma. I mean, this is traumatic, what was happening to you. Yeah. And and last time, he had a, a reptilian on, on his shoulder. Like, he, you could see he was directly... Um, in cahoots, was this the same sort of a thing? Well, no. What? Yeah, he wasn't on his shoulder. He, he was yelling at me about uh, being on the radio show and and writing the book. And said, "You're going to go home and find yourself a husband because it's not going to bring you any happiness." And to bring the point home to you, uh, he he walks out and in walks this draconian, and then the draconian does a horrific mind thing. Uh, putting my family and I into jeopardy, uh, showing how we were killed. And, uh, so when that, so that was the end of it. And when woke up in bed, right? Okay. So found out that my house, my deed, a deed, my door had been jimmied and there was some physical evidence of the break in. And they wanted that because they wanted me to know that it wasn't no dream that they wanted me to shut up. So then after that, uh, I decided to go home and tell my family I'm done. And on the way home is when they ran me off the road uh, in an unmarked white van. And uh, then I got home, stayed, you know, I uh, was safe because I, my angels were with me and let me run into a soft cactus tree instead of running in onto the fruit oncoming traffic instead because I did go up in the oncoming traffic and went back down in the in the uh, medium and there was a tree that I never could find after that but there was a tree there and I ran into the tree and then um, I told my kids I was leaving and quitting and I went back to San Diego um, and uh, turned my car in drove across town to give Melinda her book her her uh, my tapes that I had 
and more information and my my uh, interviews with uh, oh, secret space, not secret space, uh, uh, with um, special forces guys and other military people. Oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. Okay, and with other military people, and um, and then also giving my books to Way, and I was ran off the road again. I, I, actually, I was hit broadside and spun around three times. Again, not a scratch on me, and uh, wow. my car though my rental was uh, totaled, so, so so they were real serious. It was very evident, and there had been a couple other things. So I actually went to my. What I knew was a very kind reptilian being that had been my protector uh, since 1989. He came into my life in 1989. And um, I had found out that I'd had a life as a reptilian. That's where I knew him. And many of us are coming forward. Many people are coming forward realizing that they've had or having, let's say, because it all goes on simultaneously, they are having um, uh, a life uh, as another ET. So, and then they come back into our life. So he was sent to protect me. I, I found out later, but at any rate, um, I went home and I prayed. Basically, well, actually, at first I was sitting at the edge of the a mountain overlooking a not a mountain, but a a cliff overlooking uh, the ocean, and saying. If you don't get this change, I'm going to go over the cliff because I cannot put my family in jeopardy any longer. So um, that night I went back and I prayed and I meditated. And that night I was taken to this meet this counselless consortium of all different types of ETs. And uh, I asked him for help and please let me cancel my contracts and they assisted me with that. And then they also told me that they had sent me a protector, which was Ayano, which was the reptilian. It was more like an amphibian reptilian. And um, that, uh, because I basically this is how it went. <laughs> I was like whining and saying, I can't do this anymore. Please let me come home. Please let me come home. And they said, beloved, do you not remember you asked for this mission? You must complete your mission. And I whined some more and told them how terrible things were. And then they, again, this is all telepathic. And with each person that talks, I can see who's talking. I can hear them telepathically. And I can see this energy around them when they talk, too. And I don't know. It could have just been in the chairs. I'm not sure exactly what it was. But I could tell who was talking. And this one did most of the talking. And there was even, I will actually tell you, there was a reptilian, uh, a couple of different types of reptilians. There was um, a couple of different types of, um, uh, like a mantid, and then something that resembled it. I didn't see any grays. I saw about four different humans and um, a couple of, uh, one that was really just energy. And another one was, I'm not exactly sure what that was. It was like more um, amoeba, kind of energy thing mm -hmm. and uh, they were all benevolent you know they were part of a very benevolent council and um, so but the one that did most talking was the one to me that looked like Babaji actually he looked like oh. a, an old Babaji not the young Babajis but an old Babaji with, with a beard and long white hair so 
that's what I took it to be Babaji. And, um, and that's when he said, well, we can help you cancel your contracts. You know, when I whined the last time and they, and so I did, I canceled all of my contracts and my life kind of began there again. Um, and then I moved back here. Now, see, so that's what did it. You asked me the question. I'm sorry. It took me so long to get to it, but that's the answer. To whom or how did you pray? What did you do when you prayed? I talk out loud. That's what I call it. I, I'm, you know, I talk out loud to, to the galactics and, and I said, and because I knew they were the only ones that going to help me is them and, and my, my belief system of God, God's source and Jesus. So I said, I, I need help. I can't do this anymore. Please, if you don't help me, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, you know, went to bed crying and praying and meditating, I guess you're right, call it too. And then mm-hmm. that's what happened. Um, that thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, uh, then my life kind of changed. Now I did, of course, already get out of it, right? I already had got out of all of my contracts. I decided no more ET stuff, no more anything because I wanted to start over. Um, but that was not really to be because later <laughs> and it was like not almost nine years. I was out of it. I was, you know, working for uh, as executive secretary for, in a for building industry and, and, you know, builders, home builders and stuff. And I just tried to go on with my life. And however, when I look back on it, there's still times that little things happen. Not, not it's it, whether some of it was, um, I think they they had a hands off kind of thing for me, but yet I still had problems. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was that they kept, couldn't take my life, or they couldn't, you know, completely have me. But I still had things happen that I would not be able to explain, except for that they were factions of you know, government and stuff, because I still had some funny things happen. I ran into clones. I had weird things and stuff like that. That could have been the time. When clones of you? Ran into clones of you? Clones, yeah. you mean of you? I had people tell what? me how they saw me at this place and that place in San Diego, and I was never in those places. I saw when I moved back to to Vegas, I had people contact me on the internet and say they knew me and I didn't know them from Adam. Um, I've had since then two other times where people have said, I talked to you and I says, no, I wasn't there. Yeah, I did. I said, look, I'm at another conference. There's no way I could be at that conference talking to you. I was not there. And they go, well, it was you. <laughs> Uh, wasn't. Wow. <laughs> so interesting thing about that is uh, during this uh, last regression, I got I got a lot of answers on that, too, because I wanted to know what's with the clone thing and what happened, uh, you know, in, 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 with me and what has, you know, because I had two different people that I regressed and right out of nowhere, they said, they're they're, they're uh, talking and they go, you were there. I see you. You're there. And I went, what? 
No. So that kind of blew me away. And then I had another person that was in from Europe said the same thing that, oh, yeah, you were there. You were the, uh, you were the, um, what did they, okay, so James called me. James Rink called me. I was the, um, uh, what did he call me? The case manager. And the other person from Europe called me, um, uh, the den mother or something like that. Wow. So, and, and, you know, this, this is identical with, to what uh, Penny's saying about altars that are operating at the same time. Altars mm-hmm. of her. It's the mm-hmm. same thing as you're calling clones. It's the same phenomenon. And they leak through. You get glimpses. Oh, glimpses. this is amazing. Yeah, that's right. And I believe that's what I believe. I truly believe that I probably wasn't up there in space this second time, or I could have, I don't know, but, but I believe it was my clones and I'm get I, I got little glimpses of it, but there are uh, the other aspect. My therapist, uh, hypnotherapist said, yeah, but if you weren't there, how do you got, how do you have so much detail? And I'm like, oh, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> it's not a science, you know, this whole thing about remembering. Wow. But so, so the next time in, and, uh, after the being the young child, then I remember myself being 23 years old. Now I'm looking at myself at 23. Well, that's when I was trying to get on with my life after I came back from San Francisco. And when I looked back on that, I went, so what did I do? Uh, well, I don't remember. Uh, where would did I work? Well, no, I don't remember. Where did I live? Well, no, I don't remember. So I even had blank spots then. So I, I believe that's exactly when it was. So at 23, uh, I was, um, out of the, um, the, the, uh, part. Uh, anyway, I earned myself another position. And this position was kind of like a den mother and kind of like a caseworker. I worked with, uh, the secret space I mean, excuse me, I work with the super soldiers. And see, I had remembered these flashes for a long time, working with super soldiers, feeling like they were my kids, all of this. And I figured it was all done in underground bases. But now I understand it was uh, on first um, on Mars, and I don't know where else. I, I think just Mars. Um, and um, so I would be the one who would, put together, help them learn about their psychic abilities. Not that I would be the teacher, but I would, there was all kinds of people and teaching and doing things because they wanted the super soldiers for something specific. So from the very time they got on there, which is some of them as young as nine, eight, nine years old, we were to train them, to program them, to, to be the super soldiers that they were supposed to be. Um, I recognize Max Spears. I recognize oh. James Rink. I recognized um, um, Tyler, uh, Laura. I recognized several people when I went to a, I actually spoke at a uh, Laura Fenton's, um, um, oh, what is it called? Um, Secret Space Program. Uh, no, uh-huh. no, no, it wasn't called. It was called Super oh, Soldiers of it. Super Soldier Summit. Yes, yes. Right. Uh-huh. Yes. And so I uh, spoke there and I met all of them in the meeting. I met them. I just felt like they were my kids. I recognized them. And so I wow. kept in contact with 
uh, most of them. And, but, but Max was going to be on my radio show just, uh, when he got back from, um, um, Europe, but he, and well, he was coming back, coming over here and he was going to be on my radio program just before he was killed. So, um, anyway. So he didn't make it onto your show. He never made it onto my show. James has. And some people, <laughs> James has, and I've had James. Some people yes. say that, um, Max really didn't die. He faked his death or he had to fake his death. But, I hope uh, so. what do you think? What do I think? You think Oh, and when I watched that recording of him, uh, when he went on the trampoline, remember his last recording? To me, oh, I, I felt recording. like he was dying right there in the camera. I felt like he was, he was losing his essence, his energy when he was on the camera, you know, and then they took a break and then he got on the trampoline and then they brought him back. I don't believe they did bring him back. I believe that that's probably when he died. I, I believe maybe, I don't know how they did it, but they probably did some cutting or something. I don't believe he lived. That was the day he died, actually, was, you know, that oh, interview. Okay. You remember that interview? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. No, you should see it because you can see where he's dying. He's First of all, he's, it's, it's, it's like it's on his YouTube programming is breaking down and he's like, he's he can hardly say his words. And he's, something's wrong. And I knew it was wrong. And I thought, I think they're doing psychotronic weaponry and they're trying to kill him mm-hmm. right now. So I don't know what happened, but I do believe they killed him. I do believe they killed him. I don't know who. Well, I saw a picture of him with some kind of black goo coming out of his forehead. And he was dead. I saw a picture. The black goo. The old famous black goo. Yeah. Artificial intelligence coming out of his head. Yeah. And I went, and somebody showed me this picture and I went, and I was very late and I went, oh my God, I think that's not the last thing I want to see before I go to bed. No. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I want to see that picture. I don't want to see that picture. But I did yeah. know about that. I did know about the, the goo, the black goo, and I believe that's what they finally did to kill him. It's artificial intelligence kind of something or other alien and i believe that that's how they they can take some people out with things like that so um now do you know why they want to take him out oh you should have listened to his his interview his interview was spilling the beans big time oh i see he was talking about the queen Oh, okay. Where, uh, if you could find that link, I would like to listen to that interview. I I have it on my YouTube channel. Okay, yeah. I, I think yeah. I need to tune in okay. to that. So, okay. anyway, uh, so I'm just going to go for a couple more seconds on that because I'd like to get into something really positive. The positive Okay, part let's of- end with positive. I like the okay. positive. Yeah, end all right. So, yes. with the space, okay, so I was just doing that over and over and over again. But I, I actually did really well as this dead mother, caseworker, uh, super soldier mother. And um, I had success with my soldiers not dying when they go out to war or be other pilots or go off to the other things. They, they'd survive. And it was because of a different kind of training, a training with compassion and love. Mm-hmm. And the... Nazis kind of realized that that was a workable thing. So they kind of thought, well, hmm, 
well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll adopt this. So I believe they kind of changed their pattern of torture and all of that. They found out there was a better way to do it. And so we, the kids and I, or the group that I work with, we found it together. So I had a record of having more soldiers live. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to make sure they did live. I didn't want them to go out there and die like I had, you know, even though they brought them back, I still didn't want that to happen. And so they, uh, it was just... Uh, yeah, it's pretty it horrendous sick. when you when you die and you're revived. And, and is it like a cat with nine lives? You only get so many times and and they can't revive you? or can they? I wish I knew. I don't know. All know I remember before. is the gel tank and breathing in this gel. And that's all I remember. That's, that's the only thing I remember. And I really don't know much about it because... Right then is when I my regression pretty much ended at that point, and because um, um, I just really had enough. It would been it was a long one, and I was well. You tired. get you get information <laughs> overload if you don't quit at a certain point. It just yes, certain exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was the end of the secret uh, space program. Basically, you know, there was a little bit more, but that's it. And I guess I will finish writing. Uh, the book that I'm, I'm working on, a book for the third book that's going to take in all of this other stuff and kind of put together things. Whoops. Uh, what, uh, what, Misha, are the main, Misha, what are the main things that your guides, uh, have commissioned you or asked you to uh, share? What's okay. the, what are the main things that want, yeah. All right. Well, they first of all want people to know that there's a huge majority of positive beings out there. Um, there's service to self uh, here uh, on our planet, but it's still a minority of uh, amount of, of beings. There's positive beings and that the consortium and the groups that like the consortium are working to wake people up to who they, re- who they really are. Many people are waking up to, to the fact that they're hybrids themselves and that they have missions. And so this is, they cannot come in and rescue us, but the only way they can help us is if when we ask for help. So I say that to people. If you, things are going horribly in your life, you have to really be earnest and set intention to get help from your galactics because they will not interfere. They cannot interfere. So, um, they have come in through everybody's consciousness, yours, everybody's, you know, we're all, we're all a piece of the puzzle that, uh, are, are, um, we're finding out that we're raising the consciousness. We are the disclosure. Uh, we are the ones we're looking for. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's uh, what I get is that, uh, it's it's really we're making all this up, so we're doing it. Like you said, it's you said we have multi or simultaneous lives. That was one of my revelations that we think yep. in terms of linear, linear fashion, but this is simultaneous. Right. And you know we've been all of it, but we're only here thinking that we're human, but we've been it all. So kind of like the right. ultimate prejudice against your own self. You've been it all, so just <laughs> embrace that you. You've inhabited all these forms, and um, they're all parts of you, all aspects of you, all related. We're all related. We're all one big galactic family. So 
so that brings me to your latest book. You have the what is it called again? The, this it's called uh, Galactic Genealogy, Genealogy Planetary of Origin book. And, and the book is about a colored book about. with many different types, uh, many um, of you know, like on my chart or on my old chart I had, um, I added uh, quite a few more, and I have to, still have to do another one because I have to add some more because we still have more that people coming forward with different types of uh, groups of ETs and planetary or, uh, origins and such. So the so it's it's a tool to use for people to find out what their galactic genealogy is. Everybody's interested in what their genealogy is on Earth. But what's more important is their what the, is their genealogy out there where we come from. So with the dowsing with the pendulum, uh, I I encourage people to do this, and then I also do readings for people. I do galactic light language and uh, galactic sessions for people to find out what their galactic planet of origin is. And well, uh, what's your, Amisha, what, what's yours? What is your uh, planet of galactic origin? Okay, mine is um, Orion, Sirius, Pleiadian, Lyran, wow. Octurian. So it can be wow, far out. And reptilian, because I've also had a reptilian life, but uh, that was on Syrian, Sirius. So, so when you find out this, how does that benefit or affect your this life? It. It connects you with your galactic family, and so you have an actual relationship with them. You communicate mm-hmm. with them. You can you can hear. You get downloads. You can hear their messages. You can be guided to through different things to get their messages. Mm-hmm. Um, it really has changed my life. I first started. Uh, when a little, well, I, as I said, I'd spoken galactic language while I was a child. Um, my church I was in, which was a Pentecostal church, which also, by the way, was where the ritual abuse happened too. But they, they were, they spoke in tongues. There was, there's probably t- tongues of the demons, but mine was, t- <laughs> mine was different. <laughs> um, but I shouldn't say that. Not everybody in that church was that way. Just the deacons. Um, uh-huh. um, so, um, but they would never be able to understand what my language was, you know, because they what we call it is edified. And so uh, I would be speaking this different language at, at the youth uh, services and things like that. And uh, they'd... Um, They'd think they couldn't tell if it was what it was. Is it angels? Is it Indians? We, we doesn't look like. Doesn't sound like them. What are we? So they could never find out. And I, I knew that I was talking to my galactics. Well, I didn't know then. I, I know I found out later that that's exactly who I was talking to. So, um, but one day about four years ago, a little being was talking to me when I woke up. And he was talking, and he actually was a hybrid child of mine. And he was talking to me. He was about three and a half feet tall. Um, and he, uh, I have no idea what his age was, but he was talking to me. And then I started talking that language. And from then on, they, in fact, they said that 
it is very important. We've been talking to people and speaking with them in their dream time. Where this is a way for us to secretly talk to them without the powers that be cannot know what is being said. So we can help. Um, and I can't remember the word they use. Word they use, but let's say minister. That's that's not the word they use. But we can minister to you and help you and talk to you without anyone ever understanding and knowing except for you and your heart. So when when a galactic language comes through with people, um, it's usually for people, it can be everything from healing to clearing to a message for them. Uh, because I actually teach a galactic light language class that I teach uh, every Friday now. Um, and I did it on uh, Zoom. And if anybody wants to check that out, that's on Facebook. Uh, it goes on Facebook. You can go to my site, Starseed Awakening, ET Contact Experience Group, or your Starseed Awakening Group, or even um, my uh, Starseed Awakening Radio uh, like page. So you can find out the information. And, of course, on the events, I put the events up. So along with that, um, I teach the galactic light language to people who are already having something going on. They're automatic writing. They're getting little bits and pieces of language. Maybe they're waking up speaking it. Um, so I'm helping them um, learn how to to use it and uh, connect with their galactic family. And people, like I finished one class, uh, it's a 10-week peri- ten period, and um, the 10-week class ended and the People who were not even speaking galactic language except for just a couple of words were fluently speaking multiple galactic languages and were understanding and translating it. So translation comes through after training, basically. Uh, I self-trained myself and, and got the translation through pictures and imagery because that was another thing. I was an interfacer uh, in, my, in the MyLab project programs when I was taking an underground mm-hmm. basis. So I could interface with pictures and see the, the, the pictures that would come through with the ETs. And as you know, that's how they communicate. So, um, so that's one thing I'm, I'm doing. Um, and then the other is um, working with the chart and helping people find out what the galactic planet of origin is. Um, I um, also do my experience groups. My, I have three now. Um, well, it's actually two a week and then one every other week. But they're ET experiencer, starseed, uh, hybrid. Find out about your ET experience and come and share and talk about your experiences. And then I have my lab and MK Ultra, DID, Super Soldier, Secret Space Program. Come and talk about your uh, experiences. So one is on uh, Wednesday at uh, 4 to 7. And the other one is... Sunday from 12 to 3, and then the last group I started is every other Friday, so not this Friday, but next Friday I'll have it, and that is, not, excuse me, not Friday, Friday is the Galactic Light Language class. Thursday and, is the... And these are all on Zoom. You use these are Zoom all platform. on Zoom, right, and these are all right. free. I do, if I, I certainly appreciate and love donations because I put all this is my free time I put into this. So, uh, except right. for the galactic light language, I do charge a small amount for that. But 
um, that group is a different one. That is just beginners. It's four star seed and experiencer beginners that are just waking up to realize that they are more than just this human person. And so that's a, a really um, nice well, calm ability to start. That's really nice because some people that are coming in new, they might get lost with all the people that have been doing it well, for get, a long time. They get lost yeah. and scared. And some of them get scared. So I wanted yeah, to provide a place that they could come and they wouldn't be scared. That I only allow the very soft communication about this and positive and about the, you know, the starseed journey and such as that. So, well, that's great that you were yeah. sensitive enough to realize that that was a need that had to be met. Well, no. they told me. They told me. <laughs> I, I was, I was, again, I was, at a, uh, I was at a, uh, a retreat. I was at a retreat with uh, like 108 women. Well, not women. It was men and women. And there were people who were just getting started out. And they were so hungry to know. And so, um, you know, I, I thought... I should, the, the galactic said, basically, you, you should start a group. And I go, I thought, I've been going, are you kidding me? Another group? I don't have time for this. Are you kidding me? Uh, so I, I said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll make a deal. I'll do it every other week to start with. Uh huh. Basically, that's what they said to start with. But they said more people need to know. They more, more people need to find places. So, okay. So this is how they okay. started me in the first place back in 1991 was, Start a group, start an experience group. They were the ones that told me. They kept reminding me in my head, it's time to start an experience group. Actually, they said an abduction. They, they said it's time to start a group. And I knew at that time they're called abduction groups. But, but right. they, yeah. yeah, so I finally did. So, um, you know, fast forward and telling you maybe about my website, uh, and the Vector 5 too, because time's kind of running out here. So Yeah, we have, uh, about 10 minutes. I, I, I wanted to just touch, and we'll, we'll end up with all your information. Okay. I wanted to tell everybody that, uh, I highly recommend Nation's groups. I've been, uh, I've checked in on them and they're just wonderful and they're powerful and, and I'm glad you separated that out. I, you know, I didn't express that, but it's like, yeah, when you said you did that, I go, that makes sense because there are mm-hmm. some people that are just newbies and they just, and then, and then when you're brave enough, you can go to the other groups and, but some of the stories are just, uh, yeah, they're over their heads. So they're, yes. they're new. So I'm glad you started that. Yes. Um, and I know that, uh, Misha and I both, we like to interview if you, if you've done your work and you're ready to come out of the closet. Uh, please contact uh, both of us. I'm at Aquarian Radio at Gmail. I'd love to have you on the show. Uh, I know Misha, we, we exchange people. Who have you on on your show? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we yeah, reach we different audiences. We, we mm-hmm. reach different audiences. So mm-hmm. please feel free to contact both of us. Now, yes. I want to talk about your children real quick. So you have a lot of people that are experiencers find out they have children in space and they're oh. hybrids. Well, Can you tell I've been us a little bit about your children. Okay. Well, I've been um I've had three specific presentations and then I had one presentation uh that was for more. But the three were one was a cute little blonde girl, uh the first one was a baby uh that was uh like just this 
scrawny little baby. And when I was presented this baby, I immediately bonded. And the the greys, it's what it was, the zeta reticulus, were uh, showing me imagery and said, this is the success. And they showed me imagery about how other people had been presented with and been frightened off, dropped the baby, ran from the baby, screamed, wouldn't touch it. But they felt it was a success because I did. So they wanted me to know they were happy with me on that. So from then on, my number was up. I was definitely a hybrid parent. Uh, so, so then after mm-hmm. that, I, I was introduced to a blonde little girl with very spry um, cotton candy hair with big, big, big blue aquamarine eyes. And then the next one was I was in a... Um, taken to a nursery. Each time these were like either in a kind of a vacant area where there's nothing there, like a almost like a white area. I don't know how to explain it. It just it's just this white area, and uh, or or it's sometimes even it's dark and has different colors, but you don't see anything else around you. But this time, I was in a nursery and I knew it was in a nursery and I saw children playing. I saw other, uh, other older children and, and in walks this tiny little guy and he looked a big, little bit bigger than some of them, but he was stocky and he was light green and he had scales. And I said, oh. well, who's the parent? Who's the parents? And I knew it was me and that I was the mother. And I said, who's the father? And they said, well, it, you call him Ayano and they all. So they used Ayano's genetics. And I actually, I have this very love energy towards Ayano, but I can never really remember any kind of physical relationship with him. I, right. I don't remembered, let's call it a plutonic. So I believe that these were genetics that they used of his and mine and the all, which means all kinds of different because reptilians and humans have to have a, a real stomp down genes there. They cannot, they, they cannot, and there's a lot of reptilian hybrids, but they maybe 20% or 10% or, you know, this, this type of thing. That's why they don't have tails and they have the the lighter features and such, like more human features. And then the last presentation was again at the nursery and there were all these kids around different ages, even some had grown uh, uh, mature, like maybe 18s, 19s, 20s, something like that. And again, I was <clears throat> taken in and I said, who's my, who, where's my child? <laughs> who, who's my child? And they said they all are. So it was something like 17 kids. Could have given it <laughs> No. So I know. I mean, I'm a, well, see, that's I what's amazing it. is that you could have endless amounts of children because they're just taking your Eggs. DNA. And your DNA. Can, and yeah. DNA, they can, they, can, they can do all kinds of techniques we haven't even begun to think about, you know, discovering. Exactly. So, I mean, now, do they even need our eggs? They may, they may do eggs from some other woman and put our DNA in those eggs. We don't even know. Right. They can mix <laughs> from many different parents. Uh, I remember yes, talking to Cynthia Crawford and she said that she was a, a hybrid and she said she had reptilian and um, mantis and she had three or four different species besides mm-hmm. human mm-hmm. in her DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was very beautiful. She was very, her eyes were extremely unusual. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember I she was, yeah, beautiful lady. Yeah, beautiful person. But she she knew she was a hybrid, and she knew when she died of a brain tumor that she was going back to the ship. So yeah, uh, a lot of people don't about. know they're hybrids. So it's really wonderful when people do to find know that they're a hybrid. But a lot of people are hybrids and don't know it. There's a lot more hybrids here than we can possibly imagine. Yeah, and and so do you. Uh, one final thing on that: Do you know the reason behind the hybrid program? Did they ever give you a purpose for it? Are you uh, understanding? They they, they did a new human, a new human that that uh, is void of anger and hate and. And doesn't want to have war and doesn't want to um, kill their neighbor. Basically, you know, that's in a nut, short nutshell. But oh. that's that's what I was told was to 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 help our species. Lovely. That's great. That's great. So we have just a couple of minutes. Um, tell us about your uh, night vision goggles, okay. websites, well, I, uh, every, whatever you want to talk about. Yes. Okay, I have Vector 5 Tours, which I do here in Las Vegas. And I do it under Airbnb Experiences, so people can find it that way. Or they can go to my website. Uh, um, oh, I just changed it here. It's uh, called UFOnightwatch.com. So they can do that to book there. It always will take them right back to Airbnb unless they contact me, which I, I also have a phone number everywhere that they can find. I also am going to be uh, on a UFO cruise. I'm going to be speaking at the UFO cruise, and I'm going to present in a uh, night tour, night vision tour there. And uh, Tana, when uh, is that? That is October 6th through the 13th. It's a Mexican Riviera cruise leaving from San Diego. And uh, we're going to be having three stops, so it'll be really great. Uh, we're having uh, uh, night vision tours on the deck. And um, Tana Newberry has, has joined forces with me and is coming to help and be in a, uh, a helper with me in, in that as well. And I'll be doing my um, lectures, and I'll also be doing regressions. And if you go to that ufocruise.com and get your tickets, please put my code STAR99 and I will give you a free session, a galactic light language session. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, then, um, let's see, I'm going to be doing some more treats. I just got finished with a couple of retreats that I was doing and speaking at. Um, so tell I, us about the retreats. What do you mean by retreat? Where are they in? Well, the one was in Sedona and one was up in, uh, at, uh, Big Bear. <laughs> and these retreats are, uh, specifically designed for people to just, the spiritual aspect of it. Uh-huh. Not really are UFO. You though UFO or are you? came into it, but it's specifically for people to, um, you know, get in touch with their galactic and their spiritual side and things like that. Are you um, creating those, or do you work with another? Person? No, uh, that is part of, and I should definitely tell them that is part of uh, Gypsy Sisterhood. So, if they go to Gypsy Sisterhood uh, Freedom Retreat on uh, Facebook, they can find it there. There's going to be some new ones coming up, and um, that's uh, again Gypsy Sisterhood Freedom Retreats. And um, she's going to be doing some new ones, and uh, I will be part of those as well. 
So that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, I'm going to be at the UFO Congress. You'll come in and see me at the table. Um, and uh, you can go to my website, starseedawakening.org, to book for a regression or a galactic session. I am specialized in trauma release hypnosis and helping people with their experiences. Um, and you can also find out all the other things I talked about today through my website as well. And I think that's it.
reporting the danger unafraid right here where information never sleeps revolution The original machine had a base plate of pre-famulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line